Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co Worker of yours. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute, developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Good morning. Welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiuri, along with Francis Beck from Western New York Athletics. Frank Wolf, well-deserved uh, morning off. Roger Weiss is here. Rich Sanders, assistant coach of West Seneca West, fresh off of their victory last night. Talking high school football playoffs this weekend. We had uh, three games last night, Monsignor Martin and uh, Section 5 versus Section 6. So we'll get into all of that this hour. Good morning, guys. Morning, y'all. What's up, Tom? Nothing. You up. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> How you doing, Francis? I'm doing well this morning. Great to have you here. Uh, uh, Anthony, you can tell Rich he can take uh, the games over. He's not standing out in the cold anymore. He can take off half his clothes. He looks like he's still uh, warming up from last night. Man, it was a little cold. It there, had Michael to be Martin. cold down there. I went to the... Uh, I went to Franny's last night, figuring because the Maple Grove game was streamed. The West Seneca game was on uh, Spectrum, so uh, I was DVRing it. So I figured, yeah, it's right down the street, you know. Wow. I got there, oh, I don't know, maybe midway be, uh, through the first quarter because I stayed till the end of the Maple Grove, or three-quarters of the Maple Grove game. And when Joe's went ahead 18-7 to seven to uh, start the fourth quarter, I says, that's enough. I'll <laughs> I'll read about it in the newspaper. Yeah, time to go get warm. It was cold. Yeah, it was. And it's not very nice today either. I think we're going to be in the 30s. Oh, yeah, but it's balmy compared to last night. Yeah. At least two of the three games today will be played in daylight. And that's, we're talking, what, 15 degrees colder last night than it will be when they play this afternoon. Yeah, when that sun went down yesterday when we rolled up in there, it uh, those heaters on the sideline weren't enough. And then at one point it started like a hail-snow mix. That uh, I had just a hoodie on at first. I had to put the jacket back on. <laughs> well, it looked like uh, did they actually have snow on the field? Where they plowed the field? Yeah, they had to move snow off the off the field. Wow. Yeah, uh, I saw that. You know, when I got the end zone, there's piles. Not pile, but I mean, you know, no, there's accumulation. Mounds. Yeah. Wow. All right, we're going to get into all of that uh, coming up right now. Let's get into news and notes. Uh, Francis, what do you have? Well, Wednesday was the beginning of early signing day, so schools. All around the area had their signing days. Lancaster was the big winner as far as high schools. They had 11 kids sign. Eight went Division One. Wow. Yeah. Uh, St. Bonaventure made out well college-wise. They had 10 kids, six going to softball, three men's lacrosse, and a male swimmer. Uh, the big ones out of there, as you know, Abby Borkowski, A-10, is going to the A-10. She'll be pitching for the Bonnies. Granddaughter of a Kensington grad. A, cla- <laughs> a, a classmate of mine, Tony. No, uh, really? Joyce Harvey Zemer is her maternal grandmother. And uh, 
In fact, her uh, her grandfather Jim uh, played baseball with. He went to Seneca Vocational as well. Cool. And then three kids that are playing tonight for Lancaster: Carlos Dorenzo, Andrew Hersey, and Ben Mazar are all lacrosse players. They're going to St. Bonaventure too. Uh, the Cardinal O'Hara. Raj, what were you doing in the microphone? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> You're falling asleep into the mic. Uh, see, NCCC getting stronger again in, uh, was it baseball or softball? They just keep getting the local talent. Yeah, and so does, Ni- uh, so does Ni- um, Univers- uh, Niagara University. Yep. Um, the O'Hara girls basketball uh, trend of sending girls the next level continues. Kira Johnson's going to Eastern Michigan. Kayla Bloss from Sacred Hearts going to play field hockey at Northwestern. Charlie Mack, shortstop at Will East, going to be playing baseball at Clemson. And cool. Summer Slade of St. Mary's of Lancaster Girls Volleyball is going to play at Duquesne. So, And that's just a few of the names that are going on to the next level. Congratulations to all those who are signing. Yeah, we should mention uh, uh, Michaela Ryan from Sacred Hearts is playing D1 basketball at Elon. Yes. All right, Raj, you had uh, anything for news and notes? I just want to mention all our volleyball. Three out of our five uh, sections, girls volleyball, won the Far West Regional at Damon uh, Wednesday night, or excuse me, Thursday night and uh, yesterday. Uh, Clarence got beat. Uh, they were one and one, and they were ahead, and then just uh, Victor just turned it up a notch and Beat them uh, three games to one. Will East swept uh, Ironicoit. They're looking real good. Uh, I like their chances, and I especially like the chances of Portville and Panama. Panama and Class D are defending state champions. Only lost one girl from a year ago. Uh, Same athletic girls that play on that basketball team that have been state runners up for three years. The one Angeletti girl, they're just representing the Southern Tier real well. Portville got over the hump. They beat Eden. Eden, for the first time since, I think Tony was in kindergarten, or not going to the States. Uh, And we could look for some good competition between Eden and Portville the next couple of years because very few seniors on either one of those teams. So I like... I like our chances for three out of five sections to win girls volleyball. Outstanding. I have a, que- a volleyball question. You know, you mentioned uh, you know one team will start off with a you know, doing well, and then the other team just mounts a, a massive comeback. Is it kind of like football where you just see momentum slipping by and you just can't grab it back? Yeah, you know, uh, Victor won the first game in that match against uh, uh, Clarence girls. And in the second game, Clarence come back to win, and they went up, and they were cruising at 15. They were up 15-10 in the third set and lost. And if, you know, if you think about it, what happens to lose when you're up 15-10, uh, the team that's down has to get 14 points before the other team gets nine in order to, you know, that's a tough comeback. Sure. And especially now, it's not like the old days when uh, you hear the expression side out, side out. Well, side out is redundant because side out, that term came about years ago. 
and we're talking, well, I know of 30-plus years ago, the 84 Olympics. Back then in volleyball, you could only get a point on your serve. Right, I remember that. And those games went on forever and ever. I remember I was working second shift, the L.A. Olympics, come home and watching those things because how long it takes you to get a point in it. I was up to 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning watching late-night volleyball and all that. But, uh, yeah, the momentum just turned around, and once – Victor turned that around, Clarence couldn't recover. Because at one point in time, they had the upper hand in that match. That tricky momentum. <laughs> yeah, that mo, mo can be tough when he yeah, wants to absolutely. be. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, that, you know, that they hadn't, Eden hadn't been in since I was in kindergarten. And right around that time, and being that yesterday, we were celebrating Veterans Day. And Roger's wife posts a picture of Roger in 1967 in his uh, uniform. And I'm staring at this picture. I'm trying to make it's like I don't see Roger there. I'm looking. Like, oh, you only wow. see about half of Roger there. <laughs> see, only about half of Roger there. And, no. I, and I comment as like I was three, so I was just off of kindergarten. Uh, but thank you for serving, and thank you uh, for all veterans for wearing the uniform. Uh, we truly appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know where the, I don't know where the rest of us was. Although I lost a lot of it. That was in basic training uh, near the end and all that, and I was a little bit bigger when i went into basic training but uh yeah uh now were you drafted or you you oh, uh, enlisted? definitely drafted and what uh you were what what was your what mo or was that mos mos military occupational Jeez. specialty uh i ended up what happened i went to uh infantry ait and then i qualified for infantry ocs and halfway through, I get called into the commander's office, and uh, he says, you know, we just don't think you quite have the capability of leading an infantry platoon in Vietnam. And I wish I had a, the kahunas back then just to look at this guy in the eye and say, you think? What was your first clue, sir, or something? I was 20 years old. Now I'm going to go over to an infantry outfit and uh, give orders to uh, – 15 and 20 year NCOs and all that in an infantry situation, you know, they might have shot me. And when I wasn't looking, you know, I say that, you know, in jest because, you know, we had so many young kids, you know, leading an infantry platoon. So the good thing that came out of that, uh, I had a high secret clearance and all there. They needed that for special weapons over in Europe. I got sent over to Europe instead of Asia. And I got switched to artillery, which was the combat arm I wanted in the first place. So where does the irony of that come in? But So you fired big guns? Oh, yeah. Uh, special weapons. I guess I can uh, talk about it now. Theoretically, it was still classified back then. But I think you, know, you might be all right. It gets downgraded every three years and unclassified after 12 or whatever. I can't remember. It was 50 years ago, Anthony. <laughs> I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. That's what they're betting on. You forget all the secrets that they're doing. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, But here's the thing. Can you imagine? Just picture Roger going through basic training. Oh, please. (laughs) (laughs) That means you uh, you are in shape. You know, believe me, there's a lot of people out there that would even if you join the reserves and had to go active duty six months, which was basically be your basic training and – 
advanced individual training. If you hear the expression AIT, mm-hmm. advanced individual training in whatever your MOS is going to be, whether it's infantry, artillery, photography, uh I won't go as far as saying finance because most of the finance officers in that day and age are those that come out with a, you know, bachelor's degree in accounting or something in ROTC. But uh, I wish everybody would have, should have the opportunity to go through eight weeks of basic training. They would be better for it when they got out. Oh, I believe it. Absolutely. You know, was it something while you were going through it, you and all the guys during basic training, I'm sure Vietnam was the talk of, of everybody. Oh, absolutely. It's, well, the draft was in uh, place back then. And, uh, you know, you chances are if you got drafted, uh, unless you had something r- really a special talent, if you wanted to do uh, non-combat arms, you basically had to enlist and take an extra year. Or else be awfully lucky. Wow. I was awfully lucky. Well, once again, Roger, thank you very much for wearing the uniform. Thank you, Russ. Thank you. All right, let's talk about uh, games going on last night. Roger mentioned he went to the uh, St. Francis-St. Joe's game. Things didn't go that well for St. Francis as they dropped to Joe's 18-13. to You said you left. It was 18-7. to uh, What was St. Joe's doing that uh, was clicking? Was well, it all uh, Kelly? I don't know if you would exactly say clicking 18. I think if uh, I mean obviously Coach they're playing Smith, good if de- you defense. told Coach Smith that uh, after three quarters St. Joe's would be held to 18, I think he'd taken that. Mm-hmm. St. Joe, the, their their offense couldn't do anything. Uh, uh, I uh, St. Francis started a freshman that they bought up from JV to play quarterback because their quarterback was uh, I can't think of his name Dawson Tiger. Yes, they used him as a, you know, skilled player in the backfield. On, on they thought they could utilize his talents, his running abilities, right? right. And uh, I guess they Jerry felt that the young lad and the JV was ready for this with Jason in the uh, backfield and all that. Uh, they were held to seven points. Uh, they did score another touchdown in the fourth quarter. Basically, I guess it was a carbon copy of the game. Earlier in the season when uh, I guess St. Joe's was down and they were driving for a go-ahead touchdown and got stopped inside the five-yard line, if I'm not mistaken. I wasn't at that game either. But, but basically, same thing happened. St. Francis going down the field for a chance to score the winning touchdown, and this time St. Joe's defense held them. Well, last year that's the same team we saw. St. Francis, their strength was offense. And with that quarterback leaving, uh, was named Jerry Hickson. Hickson, yes. That was huge for them, along with the departure of McDuffie. I mean, that was their bread and butter. And they had this receiver, number seven. Uh, his name escapes me. Is that Detson Rayleigh? That might Detson be Rayleigh you're thinking of? Yeah, he's a great athlete, corner and wide receiver. And I think this year they just didn't have anybody to get the ball to those receivers and those skill, skill guys. And now you don't have a running game like you did before with McDuffie. So what do you do on offense? You know, you either have to play a defensive game and then it's tough to stop St. Joe's and think you're going to hold them to be able to be in a game where if you score one touchdown on offense, you're not going to win that game. Right. you got to realize, and I go back to the uh, Franny Steinman game a year ago at St. Francis. My, that was one of the – that was a football game, but if you're not a defensive specialist, I don't know if that was your uh, – Bailiwick when you were at Timon. Yeah, all that wasn't that, my but, favorite game. But, <laughs> but uh, oh, between Hickson. And that was, I think that was uh, the game. I, 
coming out. I don't know if it was a coming out game, but that's the one that put uh, Dylan McDuffie at yeah, the was time a big game on the mat. That was a big game he, uh, receiving him and, and Matt Myers. Boy, those yeah. two guys a year ago, wow. It was almost 100 points in that game. Wow. Now they move on. They'll play the winner of Canisius and O'Hara. They play today at 2 o'clock. Uh, Out at uh, what's that? Or is it 1 o'clock today? 2 o'clock next Saturday at the stadium will That's be the Monsignor Martin uh, Championship. So uh, St. Joe's has already punched their ticket. Now we'll see between. Uh, and O'Hara played Canisius tough uh, earlier this year. Yeah, for three quarters. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, had a 21 7 lead, I believe. Yep, correct. That might come back to bite them, though. Now, Kanish is going to be ready for them. Yeah, that might, be, that might be something. <laughs> oh, they're not going to take O'Hare lightly, that's right. for sure. They're, they're going to be focused, dialed in, and ready to go. So that's going to be interesting. Of course, as always, you know, we're in western New York. Weather can play a factor anytime. We don't know what it's going to do next week. So you have uh, we'll have that, and uh, whoever wins, it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good uh, uh, championship game. I think Jason and the boys will be ready. Yeah? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. So best of luck to uh, two teams playing today. And, again, next week they will go at it at uh, 2 o'clock at the Nerf in Orchard Park. Uh, we're going to well, – we'll get into it a little bit. Last night uh, you guys win West Seneca West beating Wilson of Section 5, 40-22. Uh, you guys came in ranked number 5th in the state. Wilson, I believe, ranked number ninth. I was able to get some uh, notes off of the uh, Rochester paper uh good buddy johnson who does a great job in covering uh the uh, rochester area schools and uh took some of his notes and you know i thought well okay yeah west seneca west should probably be the favorite going in this at 10 and 0 but you know you face a section five they're always going to be tough uh your thoughts going into the game um we thought the matchup you know favored us pretty pretty strongly they um they really have a, a they struggle throwing the ball so our strength in our defense is actually stopping the run. So, I mean, we have specific things that we put in every week. You know, we see a lot of teams like Iroquois um, that like to run the ball. So we, you know, worked on this all season. So they played into our strength, and they tried to adjust and go spread and then run off the spread, but we weren't going for it. We weren't going to let them spread us out and – and widen us out. When you're looking at a team that likes to run the ball, obviously you're looking at off their offensive line play. You know, are they zone blocking? Right. Are they pulling? Which way do they give any tips as to uh, oh. uh, any uh, you know tells as to which way they're going? Were you able to see any of that, Tony? It was incredible all week. We uh, saw in multiple games uh, their left tackle would give his stance runner pass. And oh man, that's a gift wow. from heaven. It was like 97 percent out of all the plays out of like three games that we saw. So it was amazing for our kids last night to be able to just read that. And we had a specific call for it. So pre-snap, every play, we knew if it was a run or a pass. And is that something and the defenders, once they see it, they bark it out so that everybody we knows? Our, we have a code word and for that week. And our guys yell it out. And our linebackers were able to play the run instead of playing pass or don't fall for the play action. And it was just beautiful. It worked out beautiful. What is it that the tackle was doing? Like some way he positioned his he'd hand be, or something? He'd be in a three-point stance when he was passing, and then he'd be in a two-point stance when it was a run. Why wow. would a coach allow such an easy tell Maybe like that? Maybe some they just didn't see. They didn't notice. I mean, they didn't. They only had like three or four guys on their staff. Oh. So wow. maybe it's just not, you know, not, not each position has a coach, and they're maybe just scrambling, putting it all together. So 
Who knows? Makes uh-huh. sense. All right, well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to uh, talk a little bit more about the Class A matchup between you guys and Wilson. You guys came on top 40-22. to 22. We'll be back with more Inside High School Sports after this. <laughs> if you guys only heard what goes on during the break on the show, welcome back to Inside High School Sports. I'm Tony Kellagiri, along with Francis Beck, Roger Weiss, and Rich Sanders. No, Roger, really, that's the way it happened. All right, we're talking about the game last night. West Seneca West beating Wilson of Section 5, 40 to uh, 22, and uh, Rich being assistant coach for West Seneca West. We talked about you guys picking up a read or a tell that they were given away. So you bark out the, you know, your code as to what it's going to be, and it was just everybody flies to the ball? Yeah, I mean, you, you don't want to put 100% on it because teams can adjust and figure out, you know, hey, they know what we're doing, so let's play it against them. But you, you kind of have, like linebackers, for example, your read step normally on a run would be forward. You know, you see the run go. Um, if you know it's going to be a pass and play action, you still read step with that run. Now, instead of read step with that run, you don't step forward. You step toward your pass drop. And that just gives you half a second closer or earlier to get into that drop when you know it's going to be a pass. So, now, what was it that you guys, oh, you know, some of the reasons that you guys were having success on offense? What were you guys able to do? Um, on offense, I, I think they. Struggled against man coverage. They they wanted to stay in man coverage, and then finally they decided they were going to go too high safety. They were getting pressure on us up the middle um, with the line. Um, so Matt's ability to scramble played huge in that. And like one of his runs, the touchdown run. I mean, let me tell you something. I saw the angle that the safety had, and I was like, all right, he's going out of bounds. And then when it got close, he pulled away. I was like, wow. So he yeah, just kicked it into another gear? Yeah, so it was gear. like a fifth gear or something yeah. like that. Because yeah. the guy did have the angle on Myers, and all of a sudden, I, you know, he's gone. Now let me tell you, I, I've seen Matt for two years now, and I knew he had you know speed or whatever. So last year I decided I was going to race him. And I was like, all right, <laughs> we're going to race 40 yards. I'm going to see what you really got. Was that and... your motorcycle or your pickup? <laughs> <laughs> By the time we got to 20, he started to pull away from me. And I tried to put it in another gear, which I haven't done in like 10 years, and I couldn't get there. Which hamstring did you pull? I didn't pull one, but, <laughs> but he took off, and that's when I realized, all right, he's deceivingly fast. So I wouldn't be surprised if he runs a 4-5, something like that. Wow. So, yeah. Not bad at all. So you guys, when they going into their uh, man, you guys are just taking advantage of it, picking it apart? Yeah, you know, if, if we would have had a little bit better protection last night, we could have done more things down the field but I think we I think we accomplished enough down the field to keep them honest and our running game we couldn't get going early um, but it started to open up for us later on so you guys went into the game pretty confident that you were going to come out with a win based on what you saw on film yeah and you know it's always about execution with the kids and and this environment I think last week we didn't even get a chance to talk about last week's game uh, with South Park but I think last week the first half of that game, I think our kids were kind of... Yeah, you guys were in a dogfight. Yeah, I think they were starstruck that we're playing in New Airfield. We've never been here before. This is such a big deal. Um, and then we got down those two touchdowns. But one thing that I learned about this team, and I keep seeing it now, 
is they believe in each other, man. And the will to continue on is just – it's something that they have now. Now they actually believe. After last week, they were down two touchdowns. And, you know, I said to Matt, I said, you have a story you can make right now. You can make a story you can tell your grandkids. You're down two touchdowns in the rough. What are you going to do with it? And he came out, and they responded, right? And then we got a huge play from uh, Carmerson, who one of our coaches, Demaris Johnson, was working with him all week on breaking on the ball, breaking on the ball. And the play came, and he just made it. And it was unbelievable. Well, talk about, like, I remember he threw, he had the fumble, and then he threw the pick, and then the next drive he comes out, he hits broad for about 60 yards. What happened in between that interception and then that big play? What changed about his demeanor? You're talking about last week? Yeah, last week. Yeah, well, I mean, I just think that that last week was a combination of, hey, they have great line play at South Park. And it was, you know, that is the matchup, you know. So it was our line versus their line. And stopping Jeremiah and then Greg uh, Greg Razzle on the other side, I mean, it was a challenge. So I think a lot of the things that we came in wanting to do um, offensively, kind of we had to kind of adjust because we didn't expect some of the things that they were to have success on, they had success on. So Matt kind of was, I think, with the rest of the guys, kind of starstruck in that first first half, a lot of pressure. Um, but they settled down and, you know, responded. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, you know. But, yeah, that was, I mean, you guys were in a, in a, in a dogfight with yeah. South Park. A uh, great game. Yeah, they got a good football team over there. Uh, so, I mean, you guys are now probably peaking at the right time, would you say? Yeah, I would say now is, is the right time. Uh, they had a little help over there on South Park. Uh, their sidelines, they had a little extra help from somebody um, that's familiar with our program. But um, that didn't help. So, well, you guys came out on on top. Now, Roger, you're looking at you know we always talk about well once you get past section five, the road to the dome uh, from that point is it is it going to get harder for West Seneca West or have they pretty much gone by the the best that they're going to face? No, I don't think so. Not in Class A. Uh, again, uh, if there's a lot of better teams, I'm sure in section three and section four. That are better than uh, you know Wilson Magnet and Downstate too. Some of the other sections, maybe Class C and D. Yeah, if you can get uh, by Class Five, you got a real good shot. Uh, I don't think uh, Section Five. This would be the year that uh, you could uh, you know bank on. If you beat them, you're going to win the state. I just don't think in Class A Section Five was all that good. So it's more true to the uh, lower division C and D this year. Okay. Absolutely. Union Endicott lost last night, so we play Whitesboro. Yes. Uh, and uh, I happen to have a write-up here on Whitesboro. Some uh, some guy from uh, the Utica News Place. Markel, <laughs> yeah. Some guy named he posted Slager that on our Facebook page. Or whatever, yeah. Uh, so uh, I don't know if I can make it up there. I know Markel's listening. He always does. Uh, not sure if I'm going to be up there, Quell. Uh, I'm playing if you do, hooky. bring him something to eat. I'm playing hooky next week uh, with Tony, too, because uh, I'm going to go to the uh, Nebraska-Penn State game next Saturday. Oh, what a weekend <laughs> for you to pick up. We had, we were having garbage plates brought in. Uh, you're going to have to miss out, you Rod. Wish. <laughs> uh, All right, I tried to make you I, feel better. You know, better. Friday night, if I go there Friday night, that means I wouldn't get home until 2 in the morning and i got to get up early to leave for Saturday. I don't know if my bride of 45 years would uh, exactly appreciate that. But, yeah, uh, probably we'll not. We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, Mark, well, good write-up. Uh, 
we uh, got know what we need to know about uh, Whitesboro next week. And yeah, you can pass that right over to me when you're done with the rest. <laughs> <laughs> All Thank yours, you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, while Rich goes over that in Class D, you had Maple Grove uh, beating Clyde Savannah sixty-one. To 28, obviously no contest there. Yeah, come from behind to win. Yeah, <laughs> they did. Well, Clyde Savannah did score first. Yes. Yeah. That was probably saw, the last time they were I in the I saw game. the end of that, and the running game that Maple Grove had, I mean, wow. it, it was outstanding. One back looked like he broke like 30 tackles on Na- the right to Nash, the zone. Uh, it'll come to me. Every year in the uh, postseason, if you want to call it, I don't know how he does it, but Kurt always has somebody who has a coming out game. A year ago, it was Nick Fabrizio in the uh, playoffs, you know, from uh, the Far West Regionals on down. And it escapes me who they had that was their uh, Conley Cup finalist a year ago. I can't remember. But Fabrizio, and uh, whatever it was, you know what Kurt Fisher does? He, He doesn't show his cards during the regular season. I'm telling you, the team that we saw at the Ralph a week ago last night, and the team, especially the team last night, uh, was nowhere near the team that I saw. I mean, it was so much better than the team I saw in week three against uh, Ellicottville, Franklinville at Bemis Point. And last night, I mean, if, uh, what was it, Cal Mumford that they beat? If they can, uh, they just ran through them like the defense wasn't there. You know how... Uh, Rich says that they knew what the uh, whether the the tell we're going to run or pass just by the stance. There had to be something where these guys just ran. It was like there was, the run defense was non-existent. Now I don't know because of the through two long passes that uh, Tanner threw a week earlier that went for scores in the uh, or set up a score in the uh, Alcatville Franklinville game, and they were worried about the pass. I mean. They had three guys that had over 100 yards last night. Hey, Roger, I'll tell you another thing. I know from experience, okay, from going against great backs in college, like Michael Turner the burner at Northern Illinois, when it gets 20 degrees, sometimes guys just don't want to tackle, okay? Sometimes guys look at the score and say, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to make a business decision here because oh, I'm going to college man. this year. I'm serious. It gets well, cold, they don't want I to can talk. imagine that. Well, well, well Clyde Savannah was undefeated coming into this game. I said, Kel Mumford, that's later today. And uh, I think they were ranked number one. Uh, Maple Grove yeah, coming in ranked number state. five. Uh, I mean, that's you. I think it was you that said when, when Dick Gallagher was here that, well, of course, you thought it was going to be Franklinville, Ellicottville. You thought that that was going to be, that D was the best chance at a state championship. Yeah, and I still say that. I mean, if uh, Maple Grove went out and beat Franklin, Ellicottville, why wouldn't I think that was right. about Maple Grove? But why are you still, why haven't we jumped in that conversation? About? About best chance to win a state championship, yeah. At the time, I didn't know how Class A was. I didn't. No, but you. I'm just saying. You just said, and I still think that. I'm saying now. What do you think now? I still think our best chance is Class D. Okay. I, I don't know. I'll prove you wrong again next week. I it's hope okay. you do. All the way to the dome. All the way to the dome. When we get back from the dome. I'm don't you think I want you to prove <laughs> no, me wrong? No, I know you do. I know you do. I just want you to say it. <laughs> but I'm going by you. Gotta know, have you say it, right? Save what? this audio. Save this the audio. The last ten years, <laughs> Class D. Randolph, Maple Grove? Yeah, they've owned it. Section yeah. 6 is pretty much owned yeah. Class D uh, almost as long as I've been doing this program. And they probably should have won it last year, but a fluke on a 
all but game over for Maple Grove. They lose the ball when they probably would have scored, and they win. Game over. That's a it's a it's a tough deal. When you get you know, and Rich, you had mentioned playing in in a uh, where you're awestruck playing at like the stadium, right. and when these teams go to the dome, you know, how do you get over that? I mean, you you got to get your guys settled down. You know, last or yeah, last week it was because I can imagine that the players are so amped up at that point. Yeah, I mean, well, once you get through the first quarter, though, doesn't that don't they kind of settle in? Sometimes, I mean, you look at there was like five thousand people there. And that's another thing. That's probably the biggest crowd that they Last played night? in front of. Yeah, that was a pretty big crowd. Or, or a week ago. A week ago. A week ago. And so, I mean, that adds into it, too. And then, you know, these guys have grown up going to that stadium, sitting in a certain chair with their parents or whatever, seeing a game. And now they're actually on the field with the logo. I mean, the video broadcast. I mean, that's another thing, you know. People don't realize these little things. But, like, you got a video broadcast so you could see the play that you just – made or you just missed right there you know and or you're looking up the at the scoreboard thing. to see if right. who's chasing you from behind exactly so these things are just new to them so i think that all plays into i mean at the end of the day they're still children they're right. still 16 17 year old children you know well either way i mean you get to you get to the dome and you know and i know playing at the stadium at rich state at rich at the nerf is a big deal but you're going to the dome and you're playing for the state championship. You know, just the fact that that state championship yeah. is on the line, I think that it, it boosts it up even more uh, with the pressure. But we've seen teams just come in there and been loosey goosey and go out there and win. I remember North Tonawanda going into the dome, and they were as loose as you could be. And that's our responsibility: get the kids to just realize it's another game, different venue. Just keep doing what we're doing. Done eleven times before. Do it again. What will practice week be like for you guys? Practice nothing will change. Nothing's going to change. Outside of just you know studying and, and looking for the things that you're going to look for right. in your opponent. Now, Huddle is pretty much your source for uh, game film on, because now you're, not, you're going up against unfamiliar territory. There's not too much common opponents. Right now, Huddle is the source, but in the next two years, it'll be something else on Aces Nation. Oh, uh, there you that go. We'll have that. We'll do. Uh, game what I'm saying is, like is you you have the online access to yes. video and you see the breakdowns of right. the game. So that's how you're going to learn about that team. It's how they're going to learn about you. Yeah, but we don't see. We don't get the whole season. You only exchange three games. Oh, the last three games. So you you really kind of have to piece together through other venues and other different ways of seeing if there's anything that's changed from beginning of the season. Or maybe, you know, you might know somebody that's right. seen somebody this team lives play. In area. And, I got and, a coach that uh, lives out in Union Endicott area, so I'm going to talk to him. All right, definitely yeah. get your... Yeah. <laughs> you said the, the, the prior three games? Yeah. The well, last wasn't that better? I would rather have those three than the first three in the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but sometimes so sometimes this, the season may start off with a certain strategy and then they change it and then you don't know why they changed it. But if you can see all the games, then you'll understand why they change it and why they do a certain thing, and it could kind of eliminate. So say they were thinking they were going to be a spread offense the whole season, and they tried the spread, it didn't work, and they went to a two-back set. Now you know that coming in. Yeah, but by this time in the last three games, you're talking now Far West Regional and uh, Section Championship. Why would you think they would even deviate from stuff like that? Unless well, knowing that they could go back to it right. is what it is, to throw that wrinkle in right, exactly. that you always talk about. depending on the matchups. So they may look at us and say, man, these guys are good against the run. We need to spread them out, and we need to throw the ball. And so let's go back to our spread offense. 
and then they repped that all week, all week, and they did it at the beginning of the season. See, and, I mean, who knows if some high schools are this complex, but we have the ability to go spread, we have the ability to go two-back, and we'll run the ball or we'll pass the ball. And I think a lot of teams that you see that are successful can do that, Lancaster being one of them as well. So, Canisius being another one. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the matchups going on today. And don't forget, Sports Talk Saturday at 11 o'clock with Sal. And then at 7 o'clock, Sabres and Montreal right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back. One last segment of Inside High School Sports. And Sports Talk Saturday follows us again, Sabres and Montreal tonight at 7. A lot of good college football on t- uh, today. You've got uh, uh, you know NFL Bills tomorrow. So great time to be a sports fan during the football season. All right, let's look at some of the games going on today in Class B. Uh, Cheek DeWaga is going to take on Hornell. Hornell, no stranger uh, to going deep into the state playoffs. Always a, a, a good program. And uh, they come in at number five, Cheek to Walk at eight. Hornell is undefeated. That'll be a four o'clock matchup there. I hate to say it, Tony. This is going to be the end of the road for Cheek to Walk tonight. Hornell's just good. I mean, there's year year in and year out there a fantastic program. That's a tough team to beat. Yeah, it's been a great year for Chiefs Walker, though. Absolutely. So we wish them the best. Hopefully they can pull it off. Uh, Cleve Hill's taking on Cal Mumford, uh, Byron Bergen. That's at 1 o'clock today. Uh, you know, Cleve Hill, remember it was a year ago today, we were at the stadium watching them come out, you know, pour it onto a comfortable first-half lead and then self-destruct in the second half. Yeah, I remember that. It was like two different teams. And again, very, we talked about uh, momentum. You just see momentum going right. away like, no! Yeah, very <laughs> un Glenn Graham-like. It's just, you know, usually you have to get Cleve Hill early. If you don't, Cleve Hill can usually control. And well, for whatever reason, it was just like they never came out of the locker room at halftime. I think that taught them a lesson last year. I think they'll be ready to go today. This is going to be a tough game. Absolutely tough game. I don't. You I, guys really are that down on Chickamauga, huh? They, all they have is well, Keyshawn Beal in offense. Yeah, and I don't think it's that we're down on. I just think it is what it is. Hornell's, I think. Just yeah, Hornell's a been team. a powerhouse, but that was in Class C. They're, they're moving up. It to doesn't class matter. B now. Whatever, whatever class they're in, they do well. Well, it, it, it's kind of like been about four years since they've been uh, this far. Uh, if the write-up that I read is right, uh, 2012 was the last time they made it to the uh, Far West Regional. Yeah. Well, they're going to be. It's going to be a tough matchup again. They they're they're ranked a little bit higher than, uh, so we'll see. Uh, the big game that everybody's obviously talking about, uh, Lancaster against Aquinas. Uh, Lancaster comes into this ranked number two in the state. Aquinas number seven. Aquinas has one loss. That's a seven o'clock tonight. Uh, I mean, Aquinas again, a program. Every year, they're, 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 it seems like they're the team to beat, and they weren't even the best in the Rochester area, at least during the regular season. My but they were able to pour it on in the playoffs. Yeah, well, my sources told me that uh, the Pittsburgh team that they beat a week ago was a much better team, but allegedly, at least in the opinion of my source, they got completely outcoached. Aquinas hasn't given up more than two touchdowns in a game 
this season, and they're going to go up against a powerful uh, Lancaster offense. Well, that's the same thing. Lancaster hasn't given up more than two touchdowns this season either in a game, right? Somewhere something's got to give. What is it? What is going to give in this game? I guess that's... Either that or it's going to be like a 13-12 game or something like that if they're both true to form. Well, I, I, to be honest with you, I think it's going to be an offensive game. I think there's going to be scoring galore here. But I don't know if Lancaster has enough athletes to stay in it with Aquinas. They have multiple athletes that are that could be primary guys on, on teams. Number seven, number five. Uh, T.J. Jones, he had uh, 617 yards. Uh, they have uh, Shane Noble Jr., uh, Karen Robinson had 897 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, I mean, you go up and down the roster, they got guys that perform. Now, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh was a good team, they said, right? Yeah, Pittsburgh Weren't was they number one? allegedly the best in the Rochester area. All right, so here we go. So, Canisius beat Pittsburgh 42-27, to right? Okay. Aquinas beat Canisius 31-7. to So, like we said before, Lancaster hasn't seen anything this season in this area yet. And I think last week was just basically a scrimmage game against Williamsville North. I, no That's my biggest concern about Lancaster. But they're not tested. Is it a chemistry we'll thing, though? I mean, you look at Lank, you talked about, you know, guys believing, your guys believing mm-hmm. in each other. It seems like Lancaster is, is the same way. Uh, they, they they got each other's back. They believe in each other. 100%. And it seems like they have great team chemistry. They do, 100%. And I, I believe that team. I've ran into one of their kids actually out in the store the other day, the haircut thing, I love that, where all of them have the Mohawks, they're blonde, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. That's something that the team just buys into, and they all, you know, believe in one thing, I, and that's great. But when it comes down to it, that cannot overcome a really, really good team. <laughs> and that's what they're facing today for the first time this season, I think, they're facing a really good team. I can't say anybody that they faced all year was a really good team. Coach once told me it's not the X's and O's, it's the Jimmy's and Joe's. And you know what? That coach is a lie, okay? Because it's always the X and O's, it's always the coach. It's never the Jimmy's and Joe's. If yeah, you're, but I think if you're the point coach, being you got to have the Jimmy's and Joe's to do the X's I, and O's. Roger, I don't believe that. I believe you can take someone that's average and make them good with X's and O's. And then you could take someone good and make them great with X's and O's. Correct. It ain't about the Jimmys and the Joes because it's really about the coaches and, and the nose. <laughs> you know, what you know as a coach to be able to make the Jimmy and the Joe move and do the right thing. Right. And I think Eric Rupp is as solid as, as any. I mean, you talk about a, a rising star of a young coach. I don't know him personally, but I've heard good things about him. And the program speaks for itself. So. Yeah, absolutely. Only in his second year, too, which is boggles my mind how much success he's had this early in his career. They've bought into what he wanted to accomplish. I mean, don't forget, they were going through a rough spot before he took over, and now all of a sudden they're a powerhouse. So I think Eric Rupp deserves a lot of credit here. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Best of luck uh, to the Section 6 teams today going up against Section 5. Uh, check out our Facebook page. I'm sure there will be results on there a little bit later on as as they conclude. And we'll have all that and much more next week with more Inside High School Sports. Go West. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.